Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless. I'm back with Austin this week. Mike is out of town. So it's good that we have Austin, actually, because Mike, not the biggest baseball guy, but as you know, um, October has started, which means the MLB postseason has started. This will be coming out um, late on Wednesday night. Um, but we're recording it right before this Yankees athletics game starts. But we do have, of course, the advantage of knowing the outcome of the two playing games on Monday between the Cubs and the Brewers for the NL uh, Central Division title and then the Rockies and Dodgers for the NL West Division title and then the fantastic wild card game um, that was last night for us where the Rockies won 2-1 to one in 13 innings. Uh, we're going to talk about, so we have our MLB predictions. We're going to talk about college football. It's finally starting to pick up a couple of really big games last week, a uh, quieter slate this week, but we'll get into that, and then we'll wrap up with uh, some NFL stuff because it's football season and the NFL is always, you know, remaining king. So without further ado, uh, Austin's back. Um, well, let's actually start with, uh, let's, we'll go MLB football, football. So let's start with the MLB, talk about that game last night to start. The uh, Rockies going into Chicago, team that had won the World Series a couple years ago, veterans, Lester, John Lester pitching for the Cubs against a very inexperienced Rockies team. And the Rockies had the lead early, gave it up, and were able to hang in and, and tough that one out. Uh, what did you think about that game? Yeah, I mean, first of all, good to be back on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Um, first of all, it was an unbelievable game. I thought uh, Freeland and Lester both pitched almost as well as you can pitch. Um, they were both striking out a lot of guys. Um, and in big moments, like whenever they would have guys in scoring position, they would always come up with a big pitch. Um, and then kind of interesting decisions late in the game uh, for Madden um, and Bud Black about when to pull those guys. And then you know, for, what, for, uh, for Madden, who to pinch hit um, and then end up having to decide to pinch run Terrence Gore uh, for Rizzo. So a lot of kind of interesting baseball decisions, I thought, uh, throughout the game. And so overall, it's a fantastic game and a really interesting one to watch. Um, I think it was, it was tough for the Cubs because I think for a team that has so much talent and it's been kind of hailed as the new dynasty since they won um it was tough to and for a team that led the nl central i think had the best record in the nl as of like a week ago yeah they, i mean they had it ago. the whole second half of the, the season half the and then they kind of collapsed and throughout september and then of course lost monday to the brewers and so they're out of the playoffs they're which, out it's done which is which <laughs> they is, had two shots at it they, they had two shots to be fair at home yeah and they scored two runs two runs 22 innings which is an absolute which is terrible but it, overall i mean for 162 game sample size to have it end in those two games where you were basically the best team in your conference for most of the season and they were the so. second best record in the nl regardless i mean right. obviously they're forced to play in that playing game because the brewers were the other were the best other. team exactly. and then they still had better records in the rockies the dodgers the braves those teams are still playing in the yeah. national league um but you know that's kind of how it goes and we yeah. kind of see the same thing with the, uh, with the Yankees on the other side, a 100-win team playing for their season uh, tonight and see if they can extend it. But yep. uh, going back to what you said, a lot of interesting managerial decisions. Kind of goes back to one thing I've been saying is I just love the I, – I, I like baseball a lot, much more than the average fan, but I just love the National League playoffs. Like my favorite team, the Red Sox, are in the American League. But I'm just so captivated by the National League playoffs where you have these double switches. You have to factor in for the pitcher hitting. It's small ball. You know, you don't have that extra big bat that you can, you know, from in your lineup. It just makes things so much interesting. And we saw that last night. And, and we'll definitely continue to see it uh, throughout uh, throughout the NL playoffs and then the, the couple games that will be in the National League and the World Series. But I think that just makes it. The game's a little bit longer because there's more subs, but it makes it super exciting. Yeah, definitely. A couple quick questions. I mean... What did you think of Madden's decisions? Do you think he made the right moves overall? And then also, kind of long-term, what do you think about the Cubs? Is this a big I don't know, negative sign for them? Are you still feeling good about next few years? Or Yeah, so I, I thought Madden, um, I, I really didn't have a problem with it. I mean, he pulled John Lester maybe a little bit early, but like they were down 1-0, and they had at that point, I think, you know, uh, is the bottom of the sixth inning maybe or it bottom was, of the seventh? Uh, seventh, they brought seventh. In So they had, you know, nine outs to go when John Lester's back came up, and they were down a run, so... I mean, yeah, if it, bottom six, whatever it was. Six, you know, they're, yeah. they're, their outs were winding down, and you had to do it. I mean, even – and the bullpen was able to make him look good. Like, if the bullpen imploded there, right. then that looks really bad because now it's like, well, we had we put basically one hitter in at the cost of giving up multiple runs, which did not happen. Right. And then the Terrence Gore thing, I mean, it's awful that he ended up with two at-bats, but, I mean, the move really tied the game for them because yeah, he did. stole yeah. a base, and he probably isn't – Rizzo's not scoring or stealing that base on the Baez double, which was kind of a – Barely a double, didn't even get to right. the gap. Just Baez made a nice base running play to get to second. So I actually did agree with those. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe the one that was the most confusing was he pulled Hamels a little bit too early. He yeah. didn't. He didn't bat 
uh, he, he took Hamels out. I think it was for their backup catcher, Katarini, something, something like, and he had hard contact, almost won the game for them, but then they took Hamels out and then the first, the next guy up for them, um, he, he gave up the game and, and that was it. So I actually don't have a huge problem with it. And then to answer your second question, uh, I still think this is the team to beat in the National League or one of the teams to beat in the National League. Um, they ha- the U Darvish signing really did hurt them throughout the course of the season, didn't give them anything. Um, but they still have the ability to go out and get some guys. Um, so I, I'm not... I'm not closing, you know, the book on them. I think yeah. it's disappointing. You see it a lot in sports. Team wins the championship, and then from there on, they start a slow, gradual decline. You saw the Phillies won right. the World yep. Series, Seahawks. or the, the Phillies won the World Series, yeah. and every year thereafter, they made it one round less far. Yeah. Seahawks, similar story. Um, I, I don't know if we'll see that from the Cubs. I expect them to be hanging around, but it, hard to get back. We saw it. Um, we saw it there. So let's move on and talk about the rest of the postseason. Um, let's just make some picks. I mean. So we got the Yankees and Athletics tonight. Uh, we can start there, and then we can go through some of the National League things and what would be what we think the most exciting. But let's let's start with the the AL and the game tonight because we don't know what's going to happen, and then we'll finish out the AL and we'll go through the NL. So the A's against the Yankees in New York in the Bronx. They are starting a relief pitcher. The ultimate analytics move from the ultimate analytics team: Bean Ball, uh, Bob Melvin doing what he's doing. Uh, You love to see it, uh, especially the sports analytics people. Uh, Who do you like tonight? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I like the move from the A's. I Um, love the move from the A's. Yeah. What else are you going to do? You don't have a starter that can give you innings like Freeland or Lester did last night. Dude, make the move. Yeah. Your season's on the line. I think you have to go with your best option, no matter of kind of how weird it is. And I'm going to, I'm going to take the A's tonight. Um, I think the A's have been been playing well recently, been on playing well the second half of the season. Um, and I think their, their lineup overall is, is really good. Matt Chapman's really good. Chris Davis has had an unbelievable year. How, let's so hold on. Can we talk about Chris, just real quick? Throwing the, the the best stat in all of sports is that Chris Davis has hit two forty seven, not two forty six, not two forty eight, two forty seven, four seasons in a row. That's incredible. That is incredible. And he hits a lot of home runs. You didn't know that. Oh no, wow, this was like that. a big wow. deal yeah, that came out is. four <laughs> years in a row. Most I consistent. Um, is. 538 wrote an article about it. The most consistent five-year stretch um, batting average-wise by any player in MLB history. When you take a year-by-year deviation in batting average, he hit two, I think, 244 or like 243 one year, and then the next four years he hit 247. It was really incredible. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the A's lineup, and so you like the A's, and let's move forward in the AL. Obviously, you have the A's against the Red Sox. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Red Sox here. I think question for you and we get into a little bit more but like the red the red the main concern about the red Sox for me is the bullpen and then david price in, ter- in terms of starting pitching i i think sale will be good i think porcel will be good i think whoever they pick between evaldi and wardo should be good i, I would consider actually if price goes out there and gets shelled in game three i think he'll probably start i would consider just taking him out of the rotation and and starting evaldi and wardo but generally besides i'd say besides that spot in the rotation, and then a little bit of concern in the bullpen, the Red Sox are stacked. Yeah. And I think they're the best team in the AL, clearly. I think they're the best team in baseball, clearly. And I think the A's, I mean, whoever put, whoever wins this game, I think it's going to be the A's, will put up a good fight. But I think the Red Sox will win it in four. Either way. Yeah. Either way. Okay, so a couple things on the Red Sox. Obviously, this is the team we follow the closest, yeah. uh, both of us. Um, so actually, uh, you think back to last year when David Price was coming back from the injury and was used in the bullpen at the end of the regular season into the postseason, and I had thought that that was going to be their ultimate weapon, that if they were to advance from that Astros series, which you knew going in was going to be an absolute you know death row, yeah. uh, which they did not come out of, obviously. But I had said... David Price, if they win, it's going to be because David Price completely takes over in the bullpen. Um, and he pitched really well, the spots that they used him, but wasn't enough ultimately. I hadn't really thought about that. They are going to need him to pitch well. Um, I don't really know who I, who I like in tonight's game. I love what the A's are doing, but my, my main thing is what has happened over the last 15, 20 years that makes you think that the Oakland Athletics, you think about the small market, A's, the Twins, how many chances have these teams had to beat the New York Yankees in a must-win game or must-win series and just have never, ever done it? Uh, so with that, I'm going to go with the Yankees. But like you, I'm picking the Red Sox. Either way, I think five-game series are tough, uh, and, and I don't necessarily think they're way better than the Red Sox or, uh, or the Athletics or the Yankees. Uh, but home field advantage, uh, they'll be rested. I, I'm a little bit worried about Chris Sale because he hasn't pitched that well since he's come back, and, he, and they, he, they say he's ready for a full workload, but you don't really know um, how he's going to react because he hasn't been able to uh, – you know, he hasn't been able to show that over the last several weeks. Um, but I do like the Red Sox. So let's move on talk about the Indians and the Astros quickly, and then we'll get through uh, our final AL picks. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Astros in the series. Uh, I mean, the Astros, 
just have a loaded team from from top to bottom. I think I you know I had a, a few concerns that coming in off the World Series and it was such a huge win for them and the city and kind of their whole process since they I mean essentially tanked yeah uh, for, what what five years ago it was such a huge win for them that they it might take them a while to kind of get going again they'd be hungover but to be honest they, they had a great regular season um, and the lineup is as, as stacked as ever um, and I like the Indians this year they do have some pretty good pitching Kluber is good again. Um, but I think the Astros bats are going to be too much in the series, and I, I think they get it done. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the Astros too. I think what's interesting though is the Indians last season were you know the number one team going in in all of baseball probably, um, and they you know they had that really long twenty some game win streak um, towards the end of the season, and then you know they they got kind of ambushed by the Yankees and they lost that series. The Yankees winning the wild card game, um, and and then beating the Indians. I the the year the Indians made the World Series lost to the Cubs 2016 they were kind of they they'd beaten the Red Sox um yep. they had home field against but they were not favored against the Red Sox I don't believe and they kind of snuck up and then they took out the Blue Jays in the ALCS I could see that happening from them this year I think maybe a little bit quieter the expectations aren't quite there and we could see them um you know you know making a run through the AL and ultimately playing in and winning the World Series but I think most likely uh the Astros are, you know the defending champs um, not not experiencing much of a hangover. They won 103 games, um, and, and they're loaded. Brought in Garrett Cole, um, and just an overall team that's been there, that's done that, that has, I think, the passion or, or the drive to, to get back there. So I, I see the Astros uh, making it through. So let's go. We got Red Sox, Astros, both of us. A lot of a lot of dissent going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll acknowledge this is a bit of a homer pick, but I, I think the Red Sox are going to go through. Um, I understand what people's concerns are about the Red Sox in the postseason, like we talked about, Price in the bullpen. But I, I think the Red, this Red Sox team is just too deep, and the lineup is just too complete from top to bottom between the star power with Mookie and, and JD, and then having, I'd say, I mean, a pretty good balance of lefty and righty all the way down, and it's just a deep team. I, I think that they're going to they're gonna have enough to get it done against the Astros. Um, so I think the Red Sox are going to get there. Yeah, I'm going to take the Astros. Uh, you know, and We don't know who the Astros will be playing. We don't know if it will be the Astros. But I, I like the Astros to make it to the World Series from the AL um, of the five teams playing. Um, you know, last year they had played the Astros, and they were, I mean, the Red Sox are a different team this year, but they were just so overmatched in that series. Um, I don't see the Red Sox, they had a great year this year, obviously. I don't see them make uh, having made enough improvements to make up for that gap um, that they were down from last year. I think the Astros make it back to the World Series. All right, so now we're going to move on to the National League, um, where we have the Rockies and the Brewers. That's our first series, the uh, wild card team. The Rockies, as we had mentioned, have played, you know, Two days off, one day off, which is today. But two days off, uh, two days in a row, uh, one game they lost to the Dodgers. The other game they won 13 innings and exhausted the entire bullpen. Kyle Freeland was already on short rest there. So playing from the hole there. Um, oh, also, one thing I want to say is I had, was a big proponent of for those playing games um, that they had on Monday. Just why, why play them? I understand the teams want to play them. You have the mentality you're going to win. But why not coin flip it? Why not do best record to advance? This way, you know, the Rockies, who are the team that's the loser in all of this, they lose that game and they play a super long wild card game. And now they're really depleted uh, for the Brewers. But that's a whole other side thing. Maybe we'll get to that at a different time. All right, Rockies, Brewers, who you got? Yeah, I think this is going to be a great series. I think this goes to five games. I, I really like what I've seen from the Rockies. They can finally pitch a little bit again. Like I said, Freeland was unbelievable last night, and the bullpen was good for the most part, and they have you know, a steep line, as they always have. Um, but I think the Brewers eat this one out uh, in five with home field advantage, with how well they've been playing, with Yelich being on an absolute tear. Um, I just think they have just a little more in the Rockies, um, but I think the Rockies are going to really push them in the series, and I really like the Rockies and kind of the direction they're going. So. All right, yeah, no. So I'm really glad these two teams are playing. Um, probably I didn't have a huge rooting preference in that Rockies Cubs game, but I'm happy the Rockies played because I think if you were to go all the way back to 2008, which is when the Phillies won the World Series, I think the teams that have been in the NLCS have been the Dodgers more times than I can count, the Cardinals more times than I can count, the Giants more times than I can count, the Cubs three times, the Mets once the year they went to the World Series and lost to the Royals, and then the Phillies a couple of times, uh, back from 2008 to 2010, or 2000, yeah, 2008 to 2010. So finally, finally, we're going to see, now the Mets are kind of your one anomaly in there. All of those other teams have been there multiple times. Yeah. So the Mets are the only team, I think if you go all the way back to 2008, I think the only team that's been there just one time is the Mets. Finally, we will have a new a new entrant. Maybe uh, the Brewers made it one of the years that the Cardinals went to the World Series 2011. I think the Brewers did play the Cardinals in the NLCS one, so maybe I was wrong. Brewers have been there, but regardless, haven't seen these teams play deep into the postseason a lot. Rockies, obviously, 07, went to the World Series, lost to the Red Sox. 
But I'm very excited for this series. As you said, no idea who's going to win. I'll just default to the to the Brewers because they have home field. They're rested. They have the MVP, Christian Yelich, on their team. Um, but I agree with you. I think this might be the series of the divisional round. This one and the Astros-Indians uh, ones are the ones I'm looking forward to the most. Maybe Red Sox-Yankees, too. It could be a great divisional round regardless. But I think from a pure baseball perspective, National League series, two teams we haven't seen a ton of, um, but very exciting teams. I'm very excited for this series, but I'll go Brewers. All right, next one, Dodgers-Braves. Probably the worst series of all of them. Um, but, you know, let's pick a winner so we can keep trudging along. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, the Braves have been a great story this year, and this year overall has been a fanta- like an unbelievable success for them, like far exceeded expectations, and they look like they're in great position for the future. But I think the Cinderella story kind of comes to a bit of an end this year, or uh, in this round. I think the Dodgers handle them pretty easily. I think they just have too much star power. They have home field. Dan- uh, Dansby Swanson looks like he's good, may not be able to play. And so I, I think the Dodgers handle the Braves pretty easily. I think it's either a sweep or four games. Yeah, so uh, and Dodgers also have home field in this series as well. Yeah. Um, so one thing you, you were saying is the Braves had a great surprising season 100% true definitely um definitely burst onto the scene way faster than anyone expected I think the the writing was on the wall for them in terms of they were going to be a contenders eventually they were looking trending in the right direction but to do it this year is very impressive but like you um you know talked about how we're, we might get a little bit of kind of new blood between the Brewers and the Rockies. I don't think we'll get new blood in this series. I think the Dodgers, who have been to, I think since 08, I mean, they must have 10 years. They've probably been to like at least half the the championship yeah, series that years. They, they've won their division, I think they said, six years in a row now. Um, I, I think the Dodgers will get back. So, so now i got the National League. Who's coming out? I'm going to take the Dodgers to come back. Okay. I, I think... This is, I think it'll be a tough series. I, mean, I think the Brewers are going to have a really good shot. Did I you pick the Rockies or the Brewers? Then, Brewers. I, mean, Brewers. Okay. I took you the Bre- Brewers in five, but I actually think whoever comes out of that, that side will, will put up a good fight against the Dodgers. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, the Dodgers just have too much star power on offense. And then, I mean, we'll see how well Kershaw does. I mean, he's had some struggles in the playoffs, but I'm, I'm willing to bet on him. I, I think the Dodgers get it done and they go back to the World Series. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the uh, the Brewers. I'll take the winner of that Rockies-Brewers series. Um and the Dodgers are obviously a great team. They added Machado um, at the trade deadline, but you know, I, for whatever reason, I, I just I don't have maybe a, a lot of great reasoning for this. But I think if the Rockies make it, they'll be hot. They'll be that underdog team, much like they were in 2007 uh, when they came into the postseason scalding hot, won the playing game back then, kind of like they did in the wild card game. Now, obviously, the format's a little bit different. Now, on the Brewers side, I think if they win, their home field advantage. They have only been to the World Series one time. I believe it was in 1982. I think their fans will really, really be craving it. Um, so as I pick the Brewers to beat the Rockies, I'll pick the uh, the Brewers to uh, to beat the Dodgers as well. So I got Brewers, Astros. You have Dodgers and the Red Sox. Yeah. So Dodgers, Red Sox, a little bit better of a TV draw than the <laughs> Brewers and the uh, the Astros. Although maybe for baseball fans, they prefer my series over your series. And uh, well. We got a little live update here. The opener strategy for the uh, Athletics, not off to a good start. It is 2-0 Yankees. I don't even know if they've recorded an out yet. No outs, 2-0. Well, as I said, nothing's ever happened in the history of the (laughs) last 20 years. That makes you think the A's can win that game. Anyways, all right, World Series prediction. Doesn't have to be specific to the matchup, but who do you like to win and why? I'm going to take the Red Sox. I I think the lineup is just too good this year. I, I think that they'll be able to figure out the pitching between I think I think Sale's gonna be gonna be good. I understand the concerns since coming up injured, but I think Sale's gonna be good enough as an ace. I think Porcello will be a solid performer in the playoffs, which is like a steady guy, exactly what you need. And I think between Price, Evaldi, Eduardo, they'll be able to get something there that is good enough to kinda kind of hold together the rotation and then they can move whichever one of those guys isn't going to start into the rotation or if they switch them off or, or in, into the bullpen and then I, I think they'll be able to piece together enough in the bullpen between Kimbrell and one of those guys and then hopefully Joe Kelly's a little better um, but I, I think it's mostly just comes down to the bats I, I think the Red Sox lineup is just too late I think Mookie and JD are the two best hitters in the AL this year and if you just work your way down that lineup there's just there's hitters everywhere um, I think they're too deep I think the Red Sox win. Yeah, I mean, the Red Sox, uh, if they win this year, that'll be going back to 04, three-year gap in between 04 and 07, six-year gap between 07 and 13, and then five-year gap uh, between 13 and 18. Um, don't hate the pick, obviously. I, I'll say I, I like the Astros to repeat, which is, you know, no re- no repeats uh, since the Yankees in the late 90s. So that'd be pretty, pretty rare. Um, but 
That being said, I think they're the best team in baseball. Their run differential is the best this year, uh, which is why I think that they'll be able to best the Red Sox um, when they play them, if they play them. Um, and, and just quite honestly, the team's loaded. Adagir, Cole, and Verlander, I think, is is going to be an absolute horse in the postseason like he was last year. Um, and again, you just have guys that know what it takes to get it done. They survived a couple game sevens last year. They've been, they've got some experience now. They're champions. Um, and I, I think, you know, to knock the champ off the throne you're going to have to be significantly better than them, and I don't think there's a team out there that is. So <clears throat> I'm going to take the Astros to repeat um, in 2018. All right, so I'll do it for our baseball talk. A lot of baseball talk on the <laughs> pod here. Um, so, you know, if you don't like baseball, I'm hoping you're still with us because now we're going to talk about <laughs> – We're talking football now. Kaya's football is back on the pod. We're going to talk about um, college first. Uh, great college football weekend. Finally had some really marquee games. We had uh, Notre Dame hosting Stanford in an 8-7 matchup. And then we had the Ohio State University Buckeyes at Penn State, uh, which was number four at number nine. Um, one of those games, Notre Dame-Stanford was close pretty late. Uh, the other game, Penn State-Ohio State went right down to pretty much the last play. Um, so let's start Let's start with Notre Dame-Stanford. Obviously a huge, huge game for Notre Dame. And we'll kind of use these games to lead into a discussion of the overall landscape, which teams are have a shot, which teams are in great position. Uh, Notre Dame is one of the teams we'll definitely be talking about as a playoff team. Uh, what did you see out of them on Saturday night, and, and where do you think this team stands? Yeah, I mean, I think Saturday was a huge, huge win for Notre Dame for a couple of reasons. One, obviously you're playing a top-10 team at home, which is going to be one of your toughest matchups and one of your, your biggest obstacles to going undefeated the rest of the way, since they don't they don't have to play in a conference championship. And after this week, averaging attack, they really don't have too many hard tests. I think just winning that game alone was going to be massive. But I think when you look at the way they won and and how good Ian Book looked, that that really to me kind of signaled that they are, they are a, re- a legit contender. I think after they beat Michigan, I was still a little skeptical. I, mean, I, th- I obviously thought they were really good and that they'd have a chance, but they kind of eked out that victory. And Wimbush didn't look that good. And then, it, I mean, they barely beat Vandy at home, and so they weren't—they hadn't been as convincing. But then they make the switch to Ian Book last week at Wake Forest, and he absolutely tears up Wake Forest, which isn't hard. But then to do it this week against a top ten team, a team that's traditionally known for its defense in Stanford, and look, their defense isn't as good as, as usual. But David Shaw is a great defensive mind, and I think obviously still a lot better than Wake Forest, and it's still a really good test. And so I think for Notre Dame, this was a massive win because Ian Book looked so good. He threw for two hundred seventy-eight yards over eight yards per attempt and four touchdowns. And between that and the Wake Forest game, I think it's safe to say he's cemented himself as a legit, solid starting QB for Notre Dame and one of the better QBs at power programs in the country. And when you add that to a team that has good skill position players, has a very solid defense, and has a pretty good offensive line, I think Notre Dame is in great position. They have to go to Blacksburg this week, but I think that they're going to get by Virginia Tech. And I think if they do, they're pretty much set the rest of the way to be in the college football playoff. Yeah, so big game for them, as you alluded to, um, at Tech, who's down. Josh Jackson, their starting quarterback, but were able to rally and have a pretty convincing win at Duke um, on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, we're looking at their schedule right now. There are no ranked teams left on the slate. You could argue Syracuse. At, I mean, a bunch of home games, too, for Notre Dame. Um, Syracuse at home might be the toughest game after this one, maybe at USC. Um, and I think that Stanford win was big. They pulled away late, so pretty convincing. Ended up winning yeah. by 21 points, even though it was a seven-point game early on in the fourth quarter. Um, but I guess the main question you have to ask for Notre Dame is, do they have to go undefeated to make the playoff, right? Yes. No, no championship game in their conference. Yes. There's no conference for them. And they their wins now, assuming they beat Virginia Tech, you know their their top wins will be at Michigan, which is fantastic. At no, Virginia, it was, uh, it was neutral. Was that neutral? It was not in the big house. It was not in the big house. Okay, so against Michigan, still a really solid win. Not a home game for them. Um, Stanford at home at Virginia Tech, and then you know a bunch of the other teams they usually play like USC and and uh, who else? They a couple cake, cupcakes in there, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the main question is, do they have to go undefeated to make the playoff? Yes, 100%. So it's a huge game for them this weekend. This yeah. might be, I mean, yeah, could they lose, you know, to Northwestern at home or at USC or home for Syracuse? Like, yeah, they could. But I think if they get through this one, they are in as good a shape as they've ever been to make the playoff, which they have not done uh, since they changed the format. Yeah, no doubt. I think they have to win. To, they have to win out to get in the playoffs. But I think if they win this week, they're, they're going to win out. Uh, I mean, I think they're going to win this week, so I think they're going to win out, and I think if they win this week, their chances go up dramatically. And I think, just in terms of being able to compete, I think, I mean, look, it's going to be really hard for anybody to compete with Alabama this year, and obviously Georgia and Ohio State look fantastic. But I think if Ian Book continues to play the way he does, 
Notre Dame's going to have a real shot in, in that game. I don't think they're going to get shut out or blown out. And I think that's what, what, was my, what my real takeaway from this weekend was, which at least for Notre Dame, which is that if they actually can get to the playoff, they might be able to keep a game close for a little while. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, they're off to a great start for them, obviously, and they're in great position to make the playoff. And if they do win out, they are a lock to make it, right? Yes. Yeah, 100%, right. Because yeah. at Michigan, Stanford, no Virginia Tech, uh, go down the list there. Okay, so let's talk about the other big game from Saturday. Uh, a heartbreaking loss for the Nittany Lions um, against, we got an update. Where's that Notre Dame? It was in South Bend. It was in South Bend. Oh, this schedule thing. Schedule is, deceived you. It's, tri- it's tripping me up. Um, <laughs> okay, so we had. Still a great win. Still a great win. So we had Penn State, Ohio State. Penn State up by 12 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were able to contain Dwayne Haskins and the Ohio State offense for most of the game. But when they needed stops, when they needed first downs, they needed points, could not get them. Um, huge, huge loss for them at home. Uh, their season probably done for making the playoff, at least. They're still one of the better teams in college football, I would think. No doubt. Uh, Trace McSorley is just a really great college quarterback. Um, but what was, I mean, obviously the thing everyone was talking about was the fourth down and five play call when Penn State, you know, down by one point, they weren't kicking a field goal. But you have McSorley, who's he's not going to win the Heisman, but he's a top five Heisman candidate at this point, you know, had 170 rushing yards in the game and thrown the ball really well. And you call a running, like a read option run play uh, with the game season on the line on fourth and five against a great defensive line. They lost the game. I mean, was that, let's talk about this play call briefly and then we can talk about the game as a whole. I, I mean, what would you take away from the game and that play call specifically? Yeah. So starting with the play call, I mean, I think everybody said it immediately after it's, it's a head scratcher for sure. I can understand trying to catch the defense off guard maybe, but I think if you, when you have a quarterback who's as good as McSorley and a guy who'd been playing as well as him, I think you have to put the ball in his hands to win the game. And the thing about giving the ball to McSorley is he can run or he can throw. I mean, he'd had 175 rushing yards in that game. So if you put the ball in his hands, it's not like he's a stiff back there. So I, I would have preferred something where maybe you roll him out um, and you give him a chance to make a play with his legs if there's nothing there down the field. So I don't understand at all, even thinking it, it was, I think it was like a read zone. So I think he did have a little option, but I don't understand even considering taking the ball out of his hands for that play. Yeah. I understand, look, Miles Sanders is a great player and that offensive line had been pretty good, but against Ohio State, you have to, I can't, in a situation like that, you have to give the ball to your quarterback, to your best player, to your Heisman candidate, maybe not anymore, but I just don't understand why you take the ball out of his hands. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. It's just like, let the guy make... I mean, the entire second half, it was like he dropped back to pass and he could just run right up the middle for as yeah. much yards as he wanted. And, you know, maybe Ohio State was keying in on that. Maybe they thought they saw something. He switched it out the line, whatever. But really tough way to go down uh, if you like Penn State. So now Ohio State, huge, huge road win. Um, at this point... They could probably drop a game, maybe not in the same fashion they lost to Iowa last year, which was ultimately why they didn't make the playoff. Uh, they lost by you know 55-14, something like that. But now they kind of have that cushion. Huge road win against a very solid Penn State team. Obviously playing one of the better conferences. Um, you know They'll have that if they can make it, that title game against Wisconsin most likely uh, for the Big Ten. But a huge win for them, and I, I think they're another team. We talked about uh, Notre Dame, and obviously Al- uh, Alabama fits this bill and Clemson. But Ohio State's in pole position to make the playoff. Yeah, no doubt. And real quickly on Penn State, I think it's, it really is a heartbreaker for them because if they win this game, they're actually in, in, in pretty good position. Again, another team is as good – they would be in as good a shape as they've ever been to make the playoff. To make the playoff because they, they had to go to the big house, but I believe they got Wisconsin at home and Michigan State at home. Yeah. So they, they probably would have won those games, and then maybe if you lose to, at, Michigan. to Michigan, then you have one Big Ten loss, but then you have the tiebreaker over Ohio State, who is most likely going to be the team that you're going to have to compete against. Maybe it's Michigan, yeah. but maybe three a tie, whatever. They would have yeah. been a great spot. Now they're pretty much done. So it's it's a real tough way for McSorley to kind of end his career, but still a good program. Yeah, well, you know, they're going to they're go to a BCS or yeah, a oh, yeah, great yeah, bowl sure. game. Yeah, his career's not over, but no, it's no, no, the playoff, but, and yeah, it doesn't look like they're going to make it. Okay, Ohio State. Um, so Ohio State. Unbelievable win for them. I mean, those those wide receivers, and then J.K. Dobbs at the end of the game too. I mean, but the wide receivers were, were unbelievable in those last two drives. I mean, they were getting so many yards after the catch. They were dodging tackles left and right, and I mean, really the explosiveness and the athleticism you, you saw on display from that team. And credit kind of to Haskins, like he made good throws. But to me, it was more like those guys were making plays. It was just screens. I mean, they were yeah, just it screening just, it, was, it down the field. It was screens and that or short passes, and then even on like the you know intermediate throws, those guys were making great cha- great catches. So credit to Haskins, but those skill players were unbelievable. Um, I think they're they're in the driver's seat. Like, yeah, to make the playoffs. They get Bosa back, right? Nick Bosa by the end of the season. Nick November. Bosa should be back at some point, and then they. I mean, the big thing for me is they get Michigan at home, and so. Assuming they win that game, they can lose one Big Ten game, 
and and still get in the playoff because the teams they're going to be competing against are going to be Penn State and Michigan, so they'll have wins over both of them. And so even if they lose one Big Ten game, they're in, unless maybe Michigan State only have one Big Ten loss, but I'm shocked that happened. So I think Ohio State, I think they're going to make the playoff at this point. And then so they'll get Wisconsin in that Big Ten championship, but Wisconsin, look, they're good. I don't think they're good enough to beat Ohio State on a neutral field. So I think for Ohio State, this really puts them in the driver's seat. I would have them in the playoff, like, not a a lot, but pretty close at this point. Okay, so right now we're thinking you said Notre Dame's gonna win out, you think. Yeah. How state you you like just said you like him in the playoff. So if you had to fill it out, I mean you're looking at Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, maybe throw L S U in there, Oklahoma, yep. West Virginia between Oklahoma and West Virginia. Yep. So who are you cutting from that list? Because, I mean, obviously Alabama's going to be in, right? Like there is a, it'd be unbelievably shocking if Alabama isn't in. So I mean now you're looking at one spot available for Georgia, Clemson you know, Oklahoma. I mean, there's always teams that lose that you don't expect and teams require help. But I mean, how are you going to cut this field down to four? This might be, and it's easy to say after four or five weeks where half your schedule has been against really bad teams, you really haven't played the the harder your schedule yet. But this might be one of the more competitive playoff, you know, to get in that that we've seen just based off Notre Dame being in there. Um, Two SEC teams were in the championship last year and they're both back and really good this year. So as it stands right now, um, obviously... We think a lot of teams have a shot, but who do you like to be in the playoff? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's a really tough race, um, and obviously, like teams can lose, and this can change. But I think it's going to be Bama. It's good. I think Bama's going to win out. I think they're going to win the SEC. I think they're going to win the national championship. They're just too good. Um, it's going to be Ohio State. Like I said, they're going to win the Big Ten with maybe one loss. But even if they lose one, I still I still think they're in. And then I think it's going to be Notre Dame because I think they're going to win out. They're going to win in Blacksburg, and the schedule rest away is easy. And then I think the fourth team. I think Georgia's going to lose. So I think, one, Georgia's obviously going to lose to Bama. By, I, and I think not winning your conference, and then when you have Notre Dame stealing a bit, it's going to be really tough for them to get in. Um, even though Bama did last year, I think it's still going to be pretty tough for them. Um, and I think I could see Georgia losing at LSU. I could see Georgia dropping a game there. Um, uh, I think Georgia also has Kentucky on their schedule, yeah. which has become a very tough game. Which is a tough game for sure. I think, I think it's going to be Clemson which is a bit of a boring pick, but I think they, they escaped this week and they got through A&M. Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence is healthy. He's back. I I think, and Antion looked really good this week when he was out. I think it's just because the rest of the ACC, I just don't think anybody can beat them. Um, I mean... Not I, Miami. I have to look at their schedule again, but they're not going to lose to Miami. They're not going to lose to Florida State, obviously. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, maybe Virginia Tech in the championship Look, game. Virginia Tech is good, but I think no, maybe, no chance may, maybe they keep yeah. within a couple scores, but yeah. they're not going to win that game. So I think Clemson's going to win out. Um, and I think Oklahoma, I could I could see them winning out, and it would put the committee in a really tough spot. But I think that they're going to drop one between Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, and then whoever they end up playing on a neutral in the Big 12 championship game. I think they're going to drop one of those games. And so even if they, let's say they drop one and still win the Big 12, I think they're going to have to be compared against an undefeated Clemson that's won the ACC, Ohio State that's won the Big 10, which is clearly a much better conference, Alabama, uh, and then I think Notre Dame. So I think of those teams, they're out. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all good analysis there. I think, you know, it's impossible to know right now, but I think if you're looking at teams that are going to make it or teams that are going to fall out, you have to look at the teams – they're most likely to just drop a game. Like you, it's really hard to go game by game and say, "Oh, well, they're better in every game." Yeah. Like they'll win all of them. Um, I, I think that Notre Dame they played Vanderbilt close earlier in the season. I could definitely see them dropping a game, and if they lose one, uh, looking at who's they're competing against, they're, they're definitely out. out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be paramount for these teams to go basically undefeated, whether it's a Clemson or a Oklahoma. Like those teams are really up against you know, against the wall here where yeah. they're going to need to go undefeated um, because otherwise there's going to be resumes. A one-loss Georgia, um, you know, Alabama, obviously, Ohio State. Like, yeah. it's going to be very competitive. they're going to be compared against each other. Yeah, so, yeah, so I mean, Clemson narrowly escaped two games, barely beat Texas A&M, and they barely beat Syracuse this, this week. Obviously understandable this week with uh, Trevor Lawrence going down. But they played some close games. Maybe they drop one. Uh, definitely have Alabama in there. I really like Ohio State to get in after this week. I still think Georgia is one of the best teams. If they go into Baton Rouge and beat LSU and lose to Alabama, like there's definitely wiggle room there. So I'll go Alabama, Ohio State. I don't think I don't see Clemson losing. I'll go Clemson, and then I think Oklahoma. Kyler Murray is a great quarterback. I'll go. I think it'll be hard for them to put in the two SEC teams if there are enough 
teams from other conferences that are competitive, which yeah. we did not have last year. Right. Because that's, that's the difference. Because with no Notre Dame, two, two at, Los Ohio State, two Los Ohio who State lost who lost to Iowa. and they lost to Oklahoma at home. Yeah. Um. So I don't see two SEC teams. So I'll okay. go right now: Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma, uh, who I think can run the table there. Uh, they did. They've had to scare themselves with Army, but I really like Kyler Murray. So. Um, I, I could see them uh, making it. Okay, so I'll wrap awesome. it up real quick. Real quick. Uh, Clemson okay. has to go to BC, November 10th. Okay, not a gimme, but I was probably gimme not the, the hardest game that any of these teams has on the <laughs> schedule. All right, that'll wrap it up for college football. We're running relatively short on time here, so we'll just kind of dive in to some of the NFL stuff um, from last week, and then we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming week. So last week, was there anything in particular that caught your eye? Probably one of the more underwhelming slates of the season. Obviously, one of the best games, uh, Titans beating the Eagles in overtime in Tennessee, a game the Eagles had many times and did not finalize. Uh, you had the Rams and the, and the uh, Vikings playing on Thursday night. It was one of a great Thursday night game, a lot of points. Seattle, or not Seattle, Atlanta falling pretty far behind, 1-3, and three, lost last second to Cincinnati. Uh, and then you have that really big game for the Steelers that they lost at home to their rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so kind of, and Patriots back, destroyed the Dolphins. We yeah. don't even need to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. um, so what, what kind of caught your eye out of, out of those games? And uh, what, are you, you know, what are you looking forward to for Week 5? Yeah, so I think a few things, probably at the top of the list, is the Rams. I, I mean, I think the Vikings came out, punched them in the mouth. You know, they had lost, they really got embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills last week, who might, are not the worst team in the NFL, but a bottom three team in the NFL, a, lot, a team a lot of people were laughing yet and so you knew they were going to come out strong in a primetime game and they did they came out they scored early Kirk Cousins looked great the whole game um and they really punched the Rams in the mouth um on the road but the Rams answered and and Jared at every turn Jared Goff had an answer had a throw McVay had a play and I mean like I said on the last podcast I was a little skeptical of the Rams coming in to be like the juggernaut but I'm full I'm in at this point I mean it's unbelievable how how well they've played and what McVay has been able to do with that offense, with Goff, with Gurley, with all the weapons there. I mean, they look head and shoulders above everybody else in the league, and it's not particularly close. We can get in the Chiefs, but I think at this point for me the takeaway is the Rams have to be the run- runaway favorite to win the Super Bowl. Um, and credit to Sean McVay, credit to that ownership for hiring him. He's been fantastic. Yeah, and, and let's you know keep it on the Rams because I think they're, at this point, the most fascinating team in the NFL um, I think we're we're sitting here in week uh, going into week five, so it's very premature to say this, but is there a realistic shot for this team to go undefeated? Yes. Like I, you look at their division. That division is you know the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the uh, 49ers without Jimmy G. I mean that that division is is an absolute joke outside of the Rams. Obviously, they got to play the Saints on the road. They got to play home for Philly. Um, their AFC games. Home, they got the Chiefs. It's, well, that game's in Mexico City actually, Mexico. so it's not it's not a home game. But, I mean, I think you're looking at a team, like you said, that is head Chicago. and shoulders, had to go to Chicago, who's looking like a very good team at home. Uh, you know, they destroyed the Buccaneers this week. Jameis got back in. But I think you're looking at a team that I mean, it is. I, I can't think of a team recently that is this far above their competition than the Rams. And, and you know, they played the Vikings, who may not be as good as everyone thought. They played the Raiders, who aren't very good. They played the Cardinals, who aren't very good. They handled the Chargers, who have gotten off to an iffy start. But, I mean, they just look so good. I they, they so good. I don't know about – I mean, yes, they're the Super Bowl favorites. I don't know if I would love to say I'd bet on them with, you know, bad odds. Um, but I think there is – I don't see a conceivable path besides injuries for them not to get the number one seed in the NFC. Um, and I, they're just an absolute juggernaut. I mean, this might be one of the best teams – uh, we've seen recently, and maybe that's hyperbole because it's only been a couple of weeks, <laughs> and teams take a little bit longer to find their groove in this NFL where no one plays in the preseason. You have less practices in training camp. But, I mean, this team is absolutely amazing, uh, and and they just keep proving it every single week. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think they're the best team I can remember since the, the 07 Patriots. Um, it's early. It's, it's early. early. Se- it's Seahawks early. had some good yeah, you know, but um, it's early. But, yeah, no, I mean – the Vikings might not be as good as we thought, but I think the spot is really important because the Vikings came out with their hair on fire and the Rams were missing to leave and Peters was banged right, up. Yeah. So to still be able to win when the Vikings are playing pissed off like that is is awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess the next thing that I want to talk about, you can get your thoughts in, is, is the Chiefs. Yeah, Pat, um, Patty Mahomes. Have to talk about this. Show, showtime, that's what they're calling him. I Show guess time. they've always called him that, but yeah, Showtime. Sherlock Mahomes. Sherlock Mahomes, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, great, a great game on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, it's an unbelievable football game. Yeah. I, I, they, Mahomes in the fourth quarter had that left-handed throw. They got into a second and 30. He made a throw outside the pocket that picked up 20 plus yards. 
absolutely incredible, uh, leading them to win that game. I and, and I, I texted you this. We were watching the game separately, and I was like, it, "Can can you say?" And I think we agreed on this. Like we might be, and again, hyperbole. It's only been four weeks, and he has only played five starts in his entire career. I mean, is Patrick Mahomes right now the best quarterback in the NFL? I don't think that's the craziest thing to say. He is absolutely incredible. Like at this point, you know, it's hard to say you take him over a Breeze, Brady, Rogers, but like at this point, he's like he's above just about everyone else. I mean, he is absolutely incredible. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when you texted me, it, I, I said, I, I think it's not a crazy thing to say. I don't think it's correct. I think I would take Rodgers over him. I think I would still take Brady over him. Uh, Breeze, I think you can argue. I think it's Breeze, Wentz, and, and Mahomes. Yeah. Maybe Russell, but probably not Russell yeah. anymore. I think it's Breeze, Mahomes, and Wentz right there after Rodgers and Brady. And it's, it's it's unbelievable to watch. I mean, it was just so, so such a fun game, and he's such an electric player. And I think what was crazy was, some of the some of the incredible plays got lost because of I mean just how many incredible plays he had and how funny it's to watch him. So he throws that left handed pass, Von Miller station, which was unbelievable. Yeah. I got watching moment. the game and I was I was just like, yeah, I think he threw that with his yeah, left I hand. I didn't believe it. And I don't think the announcers caught it at first, and then no, they showed they the replay, they they and then they threw it. I was like, I can't believe this dude just threw the ball with his left hand. <laughs> uh, but the, the throw right after that, or it was before. Um, actually, yeah, uh, it was before. It was before to set that up because is they like second forever, second thirty. No, no, that was, was was that after. I think it was. Oh man, I don't, I don't remember. It was the same drive. It was right in that sequence. Was, yeah, yeah. But but it was second and thirty. This and, is the play I talked about, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and he he throws that laser. Yeah, twenty six yards. Twenty six yeah. yards. Um, I think I think it was the play before because it got him into third and short, and then yeah, he exactly. did the left handed throw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean. That play was unbelievable, and then I think the drive before that maybe, or after, I forget, but he has third and 16 or so, and Tyreek Hill is kind of coming back, and um, and the Brock, whoever was covering, was all over him, and the window is, like, I mean, incredibly small, and he's falling down, and he's, the home is on the move, and he just drills him. I mean, the ability to hit receivers in a tight window with, like, with speed, with velocity, right, in the closing window on the move, that he was as good as anybody I've ever seen do that. Now, look, it's early. Um, he's young. There's not a lot of tape on him. Like I think, I think teams are personally going to start to figure him out a little bit as the year goes on. And I'm not quite as high on the Broncos. They played fantastic, but I think teams are going to figure him out a little bit. But right now, he's got to be up there. He's got to be in the MVP discussion. And the Chiefs, I think, may not have to be the favorite, but they have to be in the conversation. They probably should be the favorite right now to win the AFC. Um, I don't think they're going to win the AFC. You know, but I think the defense is still just too. There's too many holes, and I think. Teams are going to catch up to Mahomes a little bit. If you can kind of contain him, which the Broncos, there's some people tweeting about this. The Broncos never figured it out. You have to keep him in the pocket. It's yeah. easier said than done. Oh, you had the most passing yards outside the pocket in the last 10 years last 10 in that years. game on Monday. Yeah, I think somebody's going to figure that out a little bit and be able to slow him down. Um, but right now, he's so much fun to watch, and the Chiefs look fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the biggest injuries of the week for any team, you know, it's kind of weird to say it like this, but it might have been Earl Thomas breaking his leg. It might have been, that might have been, the Chiefs bad, you know that hurts the Chiefs more than you know anyone else. It looked like they were going to trade for him, which would have really shored up their defense with Eric Berry still on the sideline. Uh, but no, they they look really good. I'm a little bit skeptical that when it comes time, you know, colder weather in January, needing to win these playoff games, uh, that they're going to be able to do it against some of these more experienced teams or teams with better defenses. Great test for them this week. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, at one o'clock game. That's a fantastic game. We'll see how he holds up, you know, against, you know, one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. I, I am picking the Jags to win that game. So there you go. So on you're, field. yeah, but they're, you know, but they got two games on the Patriots right now. So, you know, you could see them getting a bye, getting home field. Yeah. Um, if they can keep it up throughout the season, they play the NFC West. So they still have the, well, they beat the 49ers already, uh, but they still have the Cardinals on the schedule. They still have, the Seahawks on the schedule, so a couple wins there, and then we alluded to that Rams game. So they'll be one of the most fun teams to watch uh, yeah. for the rest of the season and as long as Mahomes is there. So let's talk about one game, a uh, couple games for this Sunday, and then we'll wrap up. First one, both of them involving teams that everyone thought were going to be really good, but you know maybe they're not bad, but they're definitely not off to as hot of starts as most people expected. The first one is going to be the Falcons at the Steelers. Falcons 1-3, and three, a couple of really tough home losses back-to-back weeks against the Saints in overtime, and then uh, last 10-15 seconds, the Bengals, Andy Dalton hitting A.J. Green to beat the uh, the Falcons in Atlanta. And the Steelers, 1-2-1, one, and one, no Le'Veon Bell still, dropped that home game to the Baltimore Ravens. 
is this a game? Like, you need to win this game, both teams, right? This should be an excellent game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's really weird to say that there's a must-win in Week 5. I think it's a must-win given the expectations of both of these teams, right? I think you can lose this game and still maybe sneak into the playoffs, especially the Steelers and the ASC. Uh, it's be hard for the Falcons. But given the expectation of these two teams, it's about as close to a must-win as you can have in Week 5. It's just brutal luck for the Falcons. I mean, they've been in a bunch of close games, and I think if they have uh, Deion Jones and Keanu Neal, um, they win those games, and I think they're probably 3-1 three, uh, three and one instead of 1-3. and three. So really brutal luck for the Falcons, which, frankly, they've had brutal luck the past couple of years. Um, but like you said, it's a must-win game. I think there's going to be a ton of points. I mean, the over-under right now is 57.5, which is, I think, the highest total I've seen this year. Uh, the Steelers... They look terrible on Sunday night, to be honest. They yeah, got punched in the didn't, mouth didn't by the score Ravens. in the second half. Didn't score in the second half. Alex Collins fumbles the ball going in to the goal line. If he doesn't do that, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a real blowout. Yeah. At home to a division rival in a game they, they kind of had to have. So I think of the Steelers, I mean, the fact that they spent first-round draft pick after first-round draft pick on secondary players and uh, linebackers and really just the entire defense, and it just hasn't gotten any better. I understand the Lucia's ear, and look, obviously it's a brutal break, but they really have not been able to figure out that defense, and it's it's kind of shocking how much time and I mean, draft capital and and even dollars they spent trying to figure it out, and they and they can't get it done. Yeah, and they're they're a team that has had a lot of dysfunction, so it yeah. seems over the last several years, and maybe it's finally catching up with them. Ben Roethlisberger really isn't playing that badly. I think they do miss Le'Veon Bell. I mean, James Conner's yards per carry in the last several games. Haven't, haven't been that good. Yeah, You'd have definitely. to think pounding the ball with Le'Veon Bell would, would get results for them. But, I mean, the Falcons, a team, some really tough losses. Lost to the Eagles at the goal line week one. Saints, like I said, in overtime, Bengals' last second play. And, and now this is Matt Ryan's playing really, really well. But they burned yeah. up three home games already. They only won one of those games. It was against the Panthers, which was a nice win. But now their backs are completely against the wall. Um, if they want to, you know, capitalize on the window they have, obviously tough luck with all the defensive injuries. Um, but it's a huge game for both those teams. I mean, Steelers will either be 1-3-1 and one, or the Falcons will be 1-4. and four. And I think, you know, especially considering the division that the Falcons are in, that would be basically a death sentence for them. And the Steelers, 1-3-1, and one, you know, Baltimore uh, – Baltimore plays the Browns this week. They could be 4-1. and one. The Bengals play the Dolphins this week. They could be 4-1. I mean, these could be holes that you just cannot recover from. So it's a huge game. So let's talk about the other game. This will wrap it up for us. The As we talked about uh, the Vikings earlier, they're traveling to Philadelphia. The scene of the NFC Championship game crime last year, the Eagles 38-7 to with Nick Foles against the Minnesota Vikings. Just an absolute blowout in that game. Uh, but the Eagles, another team, Carson Wentz was back, barely beat the Colts at home, and then they blew a 17-3 lead against the Titans, had the game in overtime a couple times, could not close the door. Definitely nothing we saw from them last year on their Super Bowl run at any point. Um, two and two, division's not great for them, but it's a hard schedule. They burned, you know, the road games, some of their easier road games, so to speak, at Tampa, at the Titans. They lost both of those. Still defend home field about as well as anyone else in the league. But again, can the Vikings afford to fall to 1-3-1? and Bears playing really well. The Packers are, you know, going to be up two games on them, most likely. Uh, they play at home against, uh, not Buffalo, that was last week. They play at home against, or at Detroit this week, so a division game for them. Um, I mean, who wins this game, and is this a must-win game for both teams, like we said with Atlanta and Pittsburgh? I don't think it's quite a must-win game for both teams, um, just because I, I believe in both the Vikings and the Eagles a little more than I believe in the other two teams, and, I mean, the records are a little bit better. The Vikings is the same, actually. Um, as, as the Steelers, yeah. Um, but the Eagles are two and two. Uh, I don't think it's quite a must-win for both for both these teams, but it's it's a really important game. Um, I think touching on the Eagles real quick, one of the things that I'm 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 looking forward to to watching is their offensive line versus the Vikings front. I think we were watching that Eagles Titans game, and I think we were kind of surprised at how much pressure that the Titans defensive line was able to get on on Wentz. I think. For me personally, I thought Wentz looked great. I thought yeah, he, Wentz, he was Wentz was fantastic. He was making, yeah. making really he, tough throws. He's still a little bit slow. There was one play where he tried to scramble, and if he did, he would have picked up a good chunk, but he couldn't quite get away. But other than that, I mean, he's throwing the ball really well. Yeah. So he's throwing the football better than he ever has. Yeah, he looks fantastic, but, I mean, they, they couldn't block. And yeah. Well, Wendell Smallwood, who's not going to be in once Ajayi comes back and Sproles might come back and Clement and all, all these running backs – he, he couldn't pick up a guy to save his life. There's yeah. a couple sacks in a row. There's like Wendell. Still, I mean, Wendell's blocking no one. And then there's someone who's not blocked. You know, someone's got a free rush to Wentz. And, you know, that's just, that's got to be on him, you would think. 
But I, I, I mean, was it Lane Johnson who got beat on that? Lane Johnson's that, not that, had a great season. Yeah, I know you you would love that. You don't like Lane Johnson. He talks a lot. I think Lane Johnson's a fantastic player. But yeah, oh, he's gotten I mean, he's, he's gotten beat more this season than he or the than second he, best right tackle. Yeah, football, but he's gotten question. beat more this season than he had yeah. all of last season. No doubt. I mean, so he's their already had line by the end of last year, I think, was clearly one of the most dominant units in the league, and they bullied the Patriots. They bullied everybody in the playoffs, and I think that's a real area of concern for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they do against the Vikings. But other than that. I feel pretty good about the Eagles. You know, I've talked about this a little bit. I think the problem for them is they are really a lot better at home. And so if you look at in terms of playoff implications and Super Bowl implications, they're going to have to go to L.A. I think it's... it's, it's, it's becoming, at a minimum. It, I mean, it, yeah, it has, they, they, they're going to have to go probably somewhere else too. But right. at a very, at, at a very yeah, minimum, yeah. they're going to have to go to L.A. And look, L.A. might not have the best home field advantage, but it's getting better since they, you know, they're really good if nobody's a Chargers fan. But it's also just the Eagles not being able to be at home, which is, which is a pretty huge thing for them. I think in terms of like... Their overall trajectory of the team, though, I think they're going to win this game. I think they look they look okay. I think getting Jeffrey back was big. I think Ertz has been fantastic. Once he gets Smallwood out of there, I, I thought Wentz was great. I think overall the defense was was good. Um, I think they're going to be fine. I still think they're the second-best team in, in the NFC right now, but I think the, the gap between them and the Rams is what I would be concerned about, especially since they're not going to be able to get home field. With the Vikings, I mean, it's not a must-win, but it's super important. It's a really tough spot. I mean, they get... Like I mean, think about rest, but. So think about, and, and this is what's crazy for the Vikings is their four week stretch where they go at Green Bay, which they escape with a tie, with a tie. and then the one cupcake <laughs> game in there, home for Buffalo, they lose. I mean, that's gonna really if they don't make the playoffs yeah. or they don't, they have to play on the road in the playoffs and lose. That's gonna really haunt them. And then you got to go at the Rams, who we've all said are the best team in the NFL. And then you got to go at Philly, who has had their number the last two years. Um, and, and is a really great home team. I mean, just an absolutely brutal stretch for them. Uh, you know, and if they come out 1-3-1, and one, it's a big hole to climb out of. Yeah, no doubt, especially in a division where the Packers, like you said, I think are probably going to get to 10 wins. I think the Bears are on, on track to get to at least 9. Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe 10, and so they're going to have to either really turn it around the rest of the way or get a wild card spot and have to go on the road. I think for them, um, the offensive line, uh, similar to the Eagles, is, is an area that is a little bit uh, concerning. I mean, Kirk has been good and threw the ball well, well last week, but I'll be interested to see against a really good Eagles pass rush if they'll be able to hold it off. And I think it'll be a good test for a Vikings defense that got pretty lit up last week against. Haven't, they have not played well, particularly no. well, since the first half of the Saints NFC to, Championship. To game. be fair to them against Buffalo, like there were a bunch of strip sacks of Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, and then in Green Bay, I mean, it's a tough place to play. But I, I agree. I mean, the defense is not looking nearly as dominant. Everson Griffin's not playing, so. Everson Griffin's not playing. I think it's going to be a big test for them. I think it should be a great game. I'm going to pick the Eagles. I, I think they're going to win and get back on track. I actually think there's a good chance if I can just lose this game and then don't make the playoffs. I think it's a tough season for them, um, but those are kind of my thoughts. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I'm with the Eagles here. I, I think beginning of the season, I had said the Eagles will go 8-0 at home, so 8-0 or 7-1 at home. I think this is not one of the games that they drop, especially one that they need. I expect them to come out with some urgency after really blowing that game last week to Tennessee. Um, and I think and if it came down to which team has the bigger will to win, the Eagles are that team, especially playing at home against the Vikings. Um, so I expect them to come out. But, you know, is this the same Eagles team as last year? Um, you know, Wentz is back, so you don't have Foles, but, like, I'm really hard-pressed to believe that they have the same juice that they had last year uh, at this point in the season. Uh, so we'll see what they can do. Uh, but that is a game we are definitely looking forward to. Um, so I know we ran a little bit long. Hopefully you stayed with us. Uh, so if you're still listening, thank you for listening. We enjoyed talking about Baseball, college football, and the NFL. And we will be back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Great to be on.